Hello friends, welcome to this episode of Life with Perry Martin. Today we're going to be talking about the will of God and how you mess it up or how you align with it. The will of God and how you mess it up <coughs> and how or how you align with it. Now, <laughs> this is an interesting um, discussion. I want you to stay till the end because you're going to be blessed. Your paradigm will be shifted by the things I'm going to reveal in this particular topic or in this particular discussion. <clears throat> First of all, let me start from here, right? God has a will. God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. God has his intentions for your life, but you also have your own plans and intentions for yourself. <clears throat> God has his plans and his intentions for you, but you also have yours for yourself. And he does not overrule your own. He doesn't. Earlier in my life, when I was a younger Christian, I came across a teaching about the perfect and the permissive will of God. <clears throat> I came across it in a fellowship, but I did not understand it. <clears throat> in fact, I did not believe it. I believed at that time that everything that happens is the will of God. So if everything that happens is the will of God, how can there be a permissive will? In a permissive will is a will that God just allowed to happen. But the perfect will is what Lord, the Lord intended. And there are several places in the scripture where, where they say, oh, um, a man will have his own, own plans, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. I'm not going to do a lot of Bible quoting, but I'm going to make references to the Bible. If you are someone who, is, who has read the Bible, you would, you would know some of these scriptures I'm going to quote, right? Because I don't want to make this to be too long. I don't want to make it an expose, right? Now, what I, I had believed was that, oh, everything is God's plan. And, and I think that is the general belief of everybody, or most people, sorry, <clears throat> that everything is God's plan. What is happening is God's plan. You know, God is ultimate. God is um, all in all. So there's nothing that is happening that is not his, his purpose and his intention. <clears throat> if somebody dies, it is the will of God. If somebody is alive, it is the will of God. What will be would be, you know, God is in control of everything. Everything that is happening is happening because God willed it. That is what we were taught. <clears throat> that is what we have known. But the, the, the question is, is it true? And we need to question this belief to know whether it is true or not. First of all, <clears throat> Does God have a plan for your life? Does God have his own will, what he intends to happen? Yes, he's the almighty God. <clears throat> you, as a human being, do you have your plans and what you intend to happen? Yes, you are the person that the life, your life is at stake. Now, does God's will supersede your will such that if God plans something and you plan something, your own will not come to pass, it's only his own will come to pass? No, that is not true. No, the Bible told us in the book of Genesis that when that Adam called the animals and everything names and whatever he called them, that was what they answered, that was what they became. Sorry. <clears throat> so, which means God gave man willpower. In the Bible, Moses told the people, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Many times in the scripture, we see God giving man choice. 
I give you this and that. Choose. So, what it means is that God did not take away your will and your capacity to even effect your will, to make your will come to pass. God did not take it away. You have your will. Even the angels have will. If they don't have will, Satan could not have taken take, taken the decision, or Lucifer could not have taken the decision he took to say he doesn't want to serve God anymore. And all the other angels who rebelled with him wouldn't have taken that decision if they did not have will. The will to choose and say, this is what I want to do, this is what I don't want to do. So God has his own will and his plan. You have your own will and your plan. So somebody will say, Martins, how can you say that if God wills something and I will something, that God cannot supersede my own will and make sure that my own will does not happen? That is the mistake we keep making. God is a gentleman. He doesn't intrude himself into the affairs of men, except he is invited. A good example. In the beginning, the Bible said that God said to man, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion, subdue, rule. So God, and he did not include himself in that equation. He said, you have dominion, you subdue, you rule, you have, you are in total control of your life. You are in control. Human beings are, are in control of the things that are happening on earth. Human beings are responsible. It is the things we do directly or indirectly that affect everything that is happening in our world, in our earth. God is not responsible for the accident on the road. Neither is he responsible for the flooding. And that is the truth. He's not responsible. What you are doing with nature, what you are doing with the earth, what you are doing, it might not be you, the government and the people, the companies around the world who are altering the structure of the world with all the excavation and all the things they are doing, are the reasons why the things that are happening are happening. So human beings are responsible for the changes and the things that are happening in their life. Now, does it mean that God cannot come in? God can come in if you invite him to come in. God can come in if you invite him to come in. That is why there is something called prayer. Prayer is that time when you invite God to come in and do something in your particular situation. Now, let me give some example. You are a young man. You want to travel out of the country, out of your country. So, you are maybe from a particular part of the country, part of the world, maybe from a third world. Let me use myself. I'm a Nigerian. You know, half of the Nigerian population, the intention is to go to America or London or somewhere and go become a citizen and have a good life, have a good life right because of the way things are back home right and the kind of leaders we have so right now you are from a third world country and i think this is same thing people african countries asian countries uh people in nations that are not doing so well they want to go to another nation where it's doing well and you know have 
have um, um, a better life. Now, that is your plan. <clears throat> and you, are, you have asked God. And you want to go to um, London, yes, the United Kingdom. That is where you want to go. That is, what, that is the plan for you. That's the plan you have. So you begin to walk towards it. The truth is, many times, we don't bring God into our plan. We only remember God when the plan is going south, when the plan is getting bad, when things are not working. That is when we remember God. At the initial time when we are planning those things, we don't remember God. Now, when things start getting bad, when you, have already, you are already in your own plan, you don't remember God. We take decisions many, always and all the time, and we don't bring God into those decisions. We don't ask him what, he, what his intention is. We don't ask him what his own plans are. We don't ask him how he, how he intends that we approach the situation. We take our own decisions. And then when we take our own decisions, and maybe the Lord is also pointing you in a direction. Do it this way. But because you're so convinced in that particular way you want to go, your mind will even play tricks on you that is here. Yeah, this is the Lord sending you. Meanwhile, that's not what God said. That's not what if you are someone that has a relationship with God and you're hearing God, maybe that's not what the Lord is saying. <clears throat> Many times we take decisions, and when the consequences of those decisions come, we now start calling God. We now start blaming God. We now start asking God to come and help you. The truth is this: you have taken a decision, and there's a consequence to, to that decision. And God will help you, but he will help you in that. So you will suffer the consequence of that decision to the point where the things you have done can be undone. To the point where you can now have respite, where you can now have relief. But the things you have done will have to be undone. There are consequences to decisions that you take that are not in line with the word of God, with God's intention. So, for example... You want to go to the United Kingdom. And the Lord is talking in your heart. Because the thing about God is that he's looking at the real thing you want, not the way you want to achieve it. He's looking at the real intention. Your real intention is that you want a better life for your family and yourself. You want a citizenship. You want, you want a place that you will go. You get a good job. You have a better life. You, you have a society that accepts and receives you. And you, you, you know, that's what you want. But you're in your mind, you think that the United Kingdom is the best place that will happen. And God is saying there's Australia, there's Canada, there's Japan, there is, you know, Luxembourg, there's Portugal. But you, you are, no, 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 no. I want the United Kingdom. That is where I want. That's the, the place I know people. <clears throat> and the thing with God is that once, once he has prepared something, wherever, there's, where, wherever the purpose of God is, his provision is. Wherever the purpose of God is in your life, the provision will be there. So everywhere God is sending you, no wonder the Bible said that our work with God is by faith. He that cometh must come believing that he is believing. Faith. No wonder. Because God's plan and purpose and how he intends to bring it, come to, to bring it to come to pass would always baffle human beings because he works in mysterious ways. That's what the Bible says. But we always like to choose our own way, our own path, and then we want God to bless our own way and our own path. 
we take decisions and we want to force him into our decision. Meanwhile, he has a different path through which he wants to achieve that thing that you want. But because it does not make sense to you, you convince yourself that the path you are following is God's path and he will come and fix it. He will come and fix it too. He will come. But whatever consequences that are going to come, whatever pre-existing circumstances, for example, you go to the United Kingdom and it was in the middle of the pandemic, there is economic crunch, there is a war in Ukraine, it's affecting everybody in Europe. The Lord was pointing you to go to Australia <laughs> or maybe to go to Canada or somewhere else or Japan. You say no, that this is it. So if you come into the United Kingdom in that season and in that time, you're going to suffer the consequence. You will, you will, God will save you. You will not die. God will save you. But whatever pre-existing situations that are there, you are going to bear it. Because he said this, because he knows that this thing, that place you're going to, there is a pre-existing situation that I would that if that I don't want you to suffer. So if you had gone to this other place, that pre-existing situation, this is I'm giving you an giving an example. You can be wanting, for example, you want to have an education. And you want to go to a particular school. And the Lord is talking your heart to go to this other school. But because every other person you know is in this other school, you are bent on this is where I want to go to. And then you are praying that God will now and you know order and anoint and bless. That's what is called permissive will. God will make it come to allow it to come to pass for you. But whatever consequences that are prevalent in that place, you will bear it. It will mean that you will not be competing for scholarship with 50 other people who are probably better than you are. But your chances were better in this other place. But no, you wanted to be in this in the second in the first place. But God is saying, go to this other place. No, of course, God's place is the first place. Your own is the second place. But you want to go there. You will not go there. You can't find work. You are suffering. You are doing the most menial of jobs. But meanwhile, the other place where God, God wanted you to go, there is already a provision. There is a need for you in that place. But you refuse to go because it didn't make sense to you. Because you had nev- you've never been there. You don't know anybody there. But you forget that God is the master orchestrator of life. That all you need to do is to be at the right place and at the right time and God makes the connection. God is the master orchestrator of life. If everything that you have ever gotten and achieved in life, you saw it through, you knew it, you knew how you, you knew everything about it, then favor is not working in your life. You're not allowing God to... See, I feel that life becomes difficult when you are not listening to the voice of God and follow Him. The truth is this, it is, it is, it is one of the most complex things for human beings, which is the reason why our work with God is by the Spirit. No wonder Jesus said you need to be born of water and spirit for you to enter the kingdom. No wonder Paul says that we have to live in the spirit, not in the flesh. Because by living in the spirit and communicating in the spirit and, you know, because the Bible said God is a spirit and they that worship him or worship him in spirit. Jesus said so. Jesus said that God is a spirit and they that worship him or worship him in spirit and in truth. What it means is that 
you, you have to be attuned to God in your spirit so that and and then that you, you that you have to live in such a way that your spiritual life supersedes your physical life so that you're coming you're connected with God such that you will have information you will have knowledge you'll be able to know where, where the Lord is directing you to because we, we live life in the flesh and we judge all things by flesh but that is carnality carnality is when you live life by flesh you judge all things by flesh you are responding to everything by flesh you know something is difficult for you you are you're instead of you to look into the spirit and find out how you could have how God would have wanted you to do it, you live in the flesh, you act in the flesh, you behave in the flesh, you respond in the flesh. And then you will not start blaming God that he, you know, he didn't come through for you. No, you put yourself in that situation. If you put yourself in that situation, God will come and save you, but you will bear the consequence of this situation. You will, whatever responsibilities, whatever consequences, whatever situation that is prevalent in that place you will bear the consequences of it but god will come and deliver you but he'll be delivering you in the problem there are three ways god can deliver you before a problem god can deliver you in the problem god can deliver you after the problem but they say that um prevention is better than cure (laughs) so we have to learn how to hear we have to have a relationship with God. A relationship where you are sold out, where you are not, where you are not partial. You don't listen to God today and tomorrow, you listen, you listen to your flesh. No, we have to have a total, no wonder Jesus was calling us to a total surrender of your life and yourself. Why that happens? It's not so that you're not going to be between the gospel. No, 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 no. It's so that you will even live a good life. No wonder Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So that by living a life that is sold out to the Spirit of God, you will not make a lot of mistakes in your life. Your steps will be ordered. But the good thing is that we learn from our mistakes. God perfects us from our mistakes. So even if you make mistakes and then you go astray or you do whatever you want to do, it will now teach you. The thing is this, right? The way God has ordained the Christ life, the God life, you don't need to experience something to be able to now learn. You know, we we glory a lot in, oh, by passing through this thing, we now learned. We glory a lot in it, but it, it, it doesn't need to be like that. People, we glory in it. Oh, you know, the Bible said that, you know, there will be pain in this world. And then we glory, there will be pain. Why did Jesus pass through pain if you need to pass through pain again? Maybe we should also pay, be paying for our sins, sins after Jesus has paid for it. We have a way of glorying, oh, pain. No, see, you can live a life that there is no pain in it if only you can listen and follow the Spirit of God. If you can listen and follow God, you have less pain. But the thing is, because of our flesh, we never mature to that place where we are totally sold out to whatever the, the word of God. No wonder Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. Bread meaning flesh. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Even when the word is not making sense to you at the time. But because it is proceeding out of the mouth of God, that is how you shall live. 
No wonder Jesus said it. Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread meaning flesh. Meaning feeling, you know, physical interaction. But by every word, spiritual. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you learn how to hear God and obey, you eat the fruit of the land. You won't suffer unnecessarily. If you enter into a battle, it's a battle of victory. <clears throat> when you listen to the Spirit of God, if you enter into a battle, it's a battle of victory. It's not a battle that you, they will now win you. You will now come back. No, no, no. It's a battle of victory. It's a battle. You will, not be, you will be operating from victory. So, brethren, this is how we mess up God's purpose and intention for our life. We impose our will and we want him to bless our will. And he's directing you in a different direction. But you don't want to listen. Because you are more convinced of this your own path. No wonder the Bible says that a man's way cement right to him. But the end thereof is destruction. It's not only about sin. We, I know, and funny, funny enough, some of these wisdoms in the scripture, we always attribute it to sinful life. The Bible says there is a way that cement right to a man. But the end is destruction. It means that you, 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 even in 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 the journey of life, you you think that your own path is the right path. You follow your own path, a way that seems right to you. But at the end, the suffering. So it, it's not all about sin. It's also about living our our life. There's a way that seems right. It seems right to you. You think that this is the way. Let's talk about things like marriage. You see a particular young lady, and the eye you in your mind, this is it. This is you have not asked God. This is it. Even when the spirit of the Lord is saying, No, 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 this is it. Oh, she's the one. She's the one. She's the one. She's the one because of all the physicalities. She's covered, she's this, she's that, she's that, 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 that. And then the spirit of the Lord, you know, is and, and the thing about us is once we come to that place of conviction. Everything the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you will not hear. You will just, <laughs> your ears will be blocked. Especially in some of these very vital decisions of life, like marriage, career. I want to work in this company. If it's this company, no one. You will not enter 30 days prayer and fasting. And you will not be praying. It shouldn't be that difficult. It should not be that difficult. No, I don't. It shouldn't be that difficult. The Bible says, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You shouldn't need to do 30 days prayer and fasting to be able to get something. No, 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 no. You have, you have paid for it now. If you have to suffer for long to get something, you have paid for it. Then why did Jesus die? That is my understanding. That is my that is that is my revelation of life. If I need to pay so much, and the thing is, this thing happens every day in our life. If I have to suffer so much and pay so much to be able to get something that gets something, then why, why did Jesus die? He died that I might have a good life. So if I have to now suffer again, somebody will say, oh, he said in this life you have tribulation. But we forget the second verse, second verse that says, but I have overcome the world. We always forget the second verse. 
But we always go, the Bible said that in this life you shall have tribulation. We always quote it. But we forget the part where he says, I have overcome the world. What he's saying is that by the time I die and I resurrect, you should have a better life by believing in me. So you are looking at that lady, that babe, that girl, and you're like, this is the girl. Two years, three years, she's not agreeing for you. All sorts of circumstances all over the place. You are still insisting, ah, she's the one, she's the one. And you are there. Brother, maybe God is saying something to you, you are not listening. You know, you now be priding in yourself that, oh, men are hunters. You're supposed to hunt until you get what you're looking for. Uh-uh. Maybe God is saying, look, look, look to your right, look somewhere else. Because by the time you now get that lady, she finally accepts you after all the struggle. My brother, if you, host, if you did a lot of work to convince her, to be your mom, your wife, you have to do, be doing that same work to maintain the relationship. Whatever you did to get the young lady is what you will keep doing to sustain it. If not, she has to still be outside. You still be thinking, I could have settled with this other guy, this other guy. But if you, if the Lord leads you to someone, she will be wanting you as you are wanting her. So the wanting will be whole, hundred percent, hundred percent from both ends. Not the other person that the wanting is 20% her own end and 100% you as a young man. And the same thing for women. So stay in the will of God so that the Bible said that the blessing of the Lord, he makes rich. And that blessing that God wants to give you, it will make rich. It will add no sorrow. That's what, that's what the Bible says. Say the blessing of the Lord, he make it rich. It has no sorrow. Thank you for listening to me. My name is Perry Martins. Have a good day. Bye.